the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. More than any other offense, betrayal cuts the deepest. Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. Betrayal. Something that I think we've all faced a time or two in our lives, and it cuts deeper the closer the relationship has been. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We're back in Matthew chapter 24, message we began yesterday called Dealing with Betrayal. So how do we deal with it? How do we overcome it? How do we get past the hurts and the pain? Well, it's all here in Matthew 24. Join us as we understand God's Word together for grace in times of hope and healing. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's program. My co-worker, oh, she thinks she's going to get that raise, but you watch. Mm-hmm. I know something other people don't know. My cousin, you know, he's doing good, and he's bragging about his house, but he don't know. My friend told me there's a crack in the foundation. This is how people start thinking. They start turning on each other. They start looking at people the wrong way, and they start turning on each other and jealousy and envy and bitterness and self-esteem. All this stuff gets in, and then it becomes defiled. And you look around, you don't know who you can trust. And Jesus is sitting here with a, with a man that he's given everything to, and now he's, for 30 pieces of silver, he's trying to sell him out. It's, it's important that we understand the culture in which we live. And it's the culture in which we live in is trying to seep into the church. And we cannot let that happen. Can I have an amen? We have to be individuals that when we're in the marketplace, when we're in the marketplace, that we're different. But for Jesus, this is what he was confronted with. Go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 17. Look at this. 17 on down to 25. It says, now on, that, on the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and, and say to him, the teacher says, my, times, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. When evening had come, he sat down with the, with the twelve. Now, as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will do what? Betray me. He says, betray me. He knew it. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it was written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Look at this. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Now, if Jesus says that, 
That's an issue. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, you have said. I, I think that it's important that we see this. You know, Jesus is making it perfectly clear that he sees what's going on. He's giving them opportunity to check their own hearts. Judas knew what was going on, but he asked Jesus the question to see if Jesus would confess that he knew what was going on. And, but the thing that I wanted to draw out from here and what I wrote from this scripture is betrayal at the end of the day, it will cost you. It will cost you. If you betray someone in some way, it's going to cost you. It's going to come back to you. It is going to hurt. In this situation, Jesus is very clear. He said it would have been better for this person if he had not been born. What he's telling him is there's going to be some consequence for this. And in Judas's life, and I think in, in all of our, our lives, if we betray people, and if we have been betrayed, we have to understand that if we betray people, it's going to come back to you. There's going to be some kind of rip, repercussions, and, and there's going to be some heartache, and there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some things associated with it that's going to come back to us. This is, this is the, the principle that Jesus is establishing. It would have been better for this person if he'd not been born unless he'd done this. He's saying this about Judas, and we know the magnitude of what Jesus did. But in our own personal lives, God, nowhere in Scripture does he condone betraying people. And we have to be mindful of this. And when we have been betrayed, we have to rest in that, that God is going to handle that. He'll deal with that. I don't have to deal with that. God is going to deal with that. And when we make covenant with people, when we're walking with people, when, we're in, when we get to know people and we develop relationship with people, I mean, there should be a sense of trust, a sense of love that we have with one another, that when my back is on the, against the wall, that this person, they're going to stand with me. Now, if there's a sinful issue in my life, or there's something I'm doing that's sinful, of course, there's biblical reasons for, hey, I got to go a different way. I mean, you sinning against God, whatever it is. I understand that. But if we have self-seeking and envy and all these things in our heart and we betray people like Judas did, it'll come back to you, saints. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm speaking that to myself. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because this is what the world will do. Jesus tells him and says in verse 24, The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. That is a serious, serious statement there. And I think all of us have to embrace that. Lord, I never want to turn my back on you. Never. Now, if you have in this room, repent now. Don't wait tomorrow. And the Lord, he obviously, he receives us. He received Peter when Peter denied him. But I think it's important for all of us to see that there are consequences to that. And we have to be careful. Amen? Now, how we overcome this. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. This is how we get it in our hearts so that we don't allow betrayal to become a part of our lifestyle. And I taught on this years ago. But always God gives us just a little bit more revelation here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. This is how we overcome this, and we get this out of our heart and our spirit, so it is never, never a question in our mind regarding 
what we'll do when it comes to betraying people. We'll stand. It says here in verse 1 of Philippians chapter 2, he says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, he says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, he says, of one mind. Now look at this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest, he says, of others. This is, this is point number one, this scripture. You know, we have to make sure that we let nothing be done through self-ambition. We have to constantly be checking our heart for, for self-ambition and conceit. Are you and I conceited? Do we think a little highly of ourselves than we ought to think? Do we think that we are that good? And I say this all the time. You're never as good as you think you are, but you're never as bad as you think you are either. We got to learn to toe that middle ground where we're constantly allowing God to use us in our imperfections while at the same time allowing God to continue to perfect us. That's the balance that we have. But when we become lifted up with self-ambition or we get conceited, we start believing the press a little bit too much. We start, we start, we, I mean, you have to watch it. If, if, you're, if your whole lifestyle is about taking selfies, you got a self-issue. I mean, how many are you going to take? How many are you going to take? We know it's the same you. Can I have an amen? Now, I'm not against selfies. But if your whole Instagram is selfies, if the whole thing, I mean, at least put one picture of your dog on there. If you, if you, if you walk by the mirror and you can't just walk by without taking one peek, you got some self-issues. Just walk by. Test yourself. Amen. Just walk by. Don't even look. Test yourself. Can I have an amen? If, if you're getting dressed in the morning and, 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 and in your mind you're thinking about what people are going to think about what you got on, you got a self-issue. I mean, what I'm saying is conceit is in the heart of all of us and we got to kill it every day. Every day. And when we have, if we get free of self-ambition and self-seeking, it positions our heart to avoid betrayal in our lives. Look what he says. Let, let nothing be done, verse 3, he says, through self-ambition and conceit, but in lowliness of mind let us esteem others better than himself. That we're constantly not just looking out for ourselves, but we're thinking about other people. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't think about yourself, but you're not always thinking about yourself. And there's a lowliness of mind that, that all of us have in, relations to our, in relationship to ourselves and other people. We're never assuming I'm above that person. 
You don't know. I think, I think God determines that. And I think for all of us here, we have to see clearly through God's views. And you may be someone like Apostle Paul, who God used him mightily. But even when it came to boasting about what God was able to do in his life and what God had done, it's amazing when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he starts talking in the third person as if it wasn't him. I know a man. And nowadays, and I've said this before, it's amazing how people have encounters with God or situations with God. And you read of 2 Corinthians in chapter 12, and you t- look at how Apostle Paul had these visions and, and encounters with God, and, and God took him to the third heaven, and he's talking in the third person. And then you have preachers now that they, they, God barely did a little thing in their life, and they're writing a book on it. Apostle Paul talking in the third, because he's lowliness of mind. And as a result of that, God exalts him. He says, let us esteem others better than ourselves. How often, man, that person, man, bless them. I want to just, no, I want to just, I want to lift them up. No, you go first. I'm going second. This is the mindset that we have to develop, and it keeps our hearts from betrayal, from self-ambition and promotion and, and, and preservation and all these things. He says, verse 4, let each of you look, not only, look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest, he says, of others. This is how we get delivered from betrayal. If Judas would have just said, no way, man. I could care less about money, and I may be broke, but I'm not turning my back on Jesus. I could care less. I'm not going to do it. I'll just be broke. Then I'm not turning my back on this person. But in his heart, he wasn't thinking about someone else's interest. He was just thinking about his own interest. And as a result of that, what does he do? He turns the Lord over. When we start thinking about others, how can I bless someone else? How can I bless someone else? How can I keep someone else? If we can get delivered from from selfishness, what happens is it positions our hearts to be a blessing to people. And so Apostle Paul is telling the church of Philippi here, let each of you look not only out for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. This may affect me negatively, but if it affects you positively, then be blessed. Be blessed. Just imagine if we had this mindset in our marriages, in our homes, in our jobs, on the, in the community. If we truly develop that, even within our church community, where everyone's thinking about each other and not just themselves. We come to church. How am I going to get blessed today? Pastor better preach my message. They better sing my song. Instead of, I'm coming today and I'm bringing a blessing today. I'm going to praise God so hard, somebody going to get delivered through my praise. Can I have an amen? Whatever the pastor preached, praise God. I just want to hear a word from the Lord. And we develop this mindset where God can begin to free us from betrayal. And the last thing here is 1 Peter chapter 4. Let's look at this here. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 6 on down to 9. So we see we need to consider the interest of others and we need to free our hearts from self-ambition. This is how we get, we get free. But this is good here. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 on down to 9. 
He says, but the end of all things is at hand. He says, therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For, the, for love will cover a multitude of sins. He says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Well, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He says, above all things, verse 8, have fervent love for one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another with fervent, without grumbling. And I like this because this word fervent here, it means to stretch out. That your love, it stretches out. It means that this love is extended. This word, this Greek word means it to extend it. It means continual. This word fervent means continual. And then I like this. It means intense. Intense. So we need an intense love that is continually extended that is stretched out towards people. Sometimes the love that we have, we have it, but we hold it. We have to learn to stretch it out. That people get the sense that you're willing to extend yourself to display your love towards them. He says we're to have this fervent kind of love. And when we have this fervent kind of love, it, rip, it, it, it rids us of betrayal and all the self that we have in our hearts. This is why, once again, Jesus said, greater love have no man than this, and a man laid down his life for his friends. Jesus extended his life, extended his love towards people to the point to where he was willing to give of his life, literally, to save us. And I think it's the same thing for us. A lot of times we say we love, but how do we extend? Is your love extended? Is your love extended towards your brothers and sisters in the church? Is it extended? When we start to get to this kind of love, then what happens is God starts to free us of any form of betrayal. And love is rooted in selflessness. Lust is rooted in selfishness. The more we love, the more selfless we become. And this is what God looks in, looking for us to do. He says, but have fervent love for one another. He says here, that as we, uh, as we do this, he, it says that love covers a multitude of sins. And, I, and I've taught on this before. It doesn't mean that, that love hides it, denies it, doesn't acknowledge it. When we're looking at covering, we're looking at, at God providing, even as God is our covering, our churches are covering, providing a healthy environment where sin can be dealt with, with God's grace, and there's an opportunity for a person in a safe environment to come out of their condition. This is what covering is all about. When He's not saying that he hides it. He forgets about it. He didn't forget about Adam's sin. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us. Even though he covered him, he was covered. We have to see that there is a process going on in the earth until Jesus came to position a person and humanity to the place where their sin could be, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He didn't say cover it anymore. 
And Jesus ultimately takes sin away from our lives, but he provides covering a good atmosphere where it can be dealt with. Apostle Paul said, if a person is sinning and they continue to resist the covering of the house, he said, deliver that person over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh that they learn not to. What he's saying is remove them from the covering so that the devil would beat them down so they realize that they, they, I need to go back to God in the church. The church provides a covering that when things happen, devil, we, we're going to deal with this devil, but you're not going to beat him up. That's what he's talking about. And this is what love does. Love doesn't deny that there's sin. It just said, hey, we're here to help you get it right. Can I have an amen? And this is what we do. But he's saying here, I love this. He's saying there, saints, that love will cover a multitude of sins. He says, but be, be hospitable to one another without what? Grumbling. Once again, being hospitable is I'm opening myself up. I'm giving you in, entry into what's mine. But I'm going to do it without grumbling. Now, I'm going to let you stay here, but you're going to get out. Lord, I know you blessed me with this nice house. and I prayed for it. And, and now what? Why they had to call me? I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> Y'all looking around like. What I'm saying is, saints, is that we get this out of our heart and we really get to a place where we have fervent love for one another. When the devil comes to tempt us to betray one another, there's something in us that says no. There's no self-seeking. No, I have fervent love for this person. No, I'm not turning that person over. No, I don't believe what you said about that person. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and if, even, if, if, even if something did happen, we're going to work it out. This is what God is asking us to do. But at the end of this age, we're going to see, just turn on the television. It's happening all over the place. The divorce, divorce rate and people doing this and doing that. And it's just all over because people do not have a fervent love for one another and they're gripped with self-seeking. And this is the same thing that happened to Judas. And, and for us as a church family, as we're operating in the community, we want to first be examples. And then we want to show people out in the marketplace what it really means to, to have a loving community that people can come into. Saints, I'm not saying that we're perfect, but I am saying that we have to constantly be looking at this and evaluating this in our own personal hearts because there is a consequence for betraying people. Just as there was one for Judas. And our hearts have to be united together in love and we have to ask God to continue to perfect us as a people. And I'm not just saying this for the church's sake. I'm saying this for your marriage. I'm saying this for your home. I'm saying this for, for every facet of your life and of my life that there's a sense that that person right there will go down swinging with me. They won't betray. It has to be in our hearts. But the only way it can get in our hearts is if, if we ask God to deal with us collectively, individually. Amen? Now, I want to share this message with all of us because... You know, a lot of stuff is happening in the world right now. And, uh, you know, there's, there's pastors that are doing things wrong, 
congregation members doing things wrong. There's stuff happening. The, one of the things that saddens me more than anything else is that if I read an article about a Christian who has fallen or something has happened to somebody, it's amazing how you read the comments. You know, I, I'm the type of person that, and I'm going to say this right, and we're going to pray. If my kids need to be corrected, let me correct my kids. And I'll correct them. But you're not going to lay hands on my kids. If, if a saint needs to be corrected, then, let's let, then the, the church needs to do a better job of correcting the saints. But you're not just, for, no worldly person is just going to be writing no crazy stuff about one of my brothers or sisters in Christ. And I'm just going to sit back and I don't, I don't care. That's the mentality we have. We say, did you read the article? I could care less what NBC or anybody else had to say. Let me talk to my brother and my sister in Christ. Can I have an amen? amen? But we just turn, people just turn their back over and they start sending more information. Did you know this too? Say, let's not do that. We have to band together as we approach the end of this age and make sure that if we have to deal with sinners, we got to deal with it. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 945 You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.